war in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. On this, well, we have made it to June. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 909.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, which happens to be dePietro.com. Right now, it's 107, and this portion of the program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Folks, pop in and see them. Delicious food and drinks. You can eat inside. Uh, they have great food. Sit down, nice, very good size restaurant. And then they also have the lounge. Celtics will be rocking in there. And now they've also added the big outdoor deck. They're waiting for you at the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. I want to get you um, up to speed on some of the news of the day. I, um, I have to admit, I, I'm just astounded. It, uh, it, it's just horrific the fact that this police chief in Texas who who also was um who also was just sworn in secretly last night to be a city council member of that town so what what we're finding is the the fact is is that you know that town certainly has has a lot of problems right in texas and they um you know they, they it's not everywhere but they they certainly have a lot of problems in that in that particular town especially this guy should never have been in charge when when you had that type of situation he was clearly in over his head he had, uh, in hindsight, it was a it was a small department, and they they somehow and I don't know how, but going forward, you know, a big part of this is then who's who's really in charge on the scene, and what we've we've learned obviously is he clearly should not have been in charge um, on the scene. I mean, you had much more experienced individuals that were there that that could have um, dealt with this and far more effectively. And I could already see other than, you know, you're going to have a lot of the, the, the news starts to move on, which it does. But I, I'm going to say right now, I don't believe they're trying to, I think, save this teacher who... I don't know anything about her, but or him or her, or whoever it is, but they probably from the area and 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 they're trying to say that, you know, well she she shut the door, it didn't lock. I, I just I don't know what to believe at this point. Because they've just they initially were saying that it had been propped open. 
by uh, by a rock. So I'm not sure what to mention about that. But I want to play. This is the latest questions mounting in the in the school shooting. And especially this is unimaginable. The the chief of police is no longer cooperating. Think of that. (laughs) Um, All right. I want to hear Rob Elementary, the latest now with uh, with what happens are set for later this morning and afternoon as this community tries to heal. You can see the memorial just behind me here. And new questions are emerging this morning about what happened the day that 18-year-old gunman came to this school and killed so many innocent children. This morning, new questions about how the gunman got into Robb Elementary School and carried out his deadly rampage. Authorities changing their story on Friday saying that a teacher left a door propped open, allowing the gunman to enter. The teacher runs to the room 132 to retrieve a phone, and that same teacher walks back to the exit door, and door remains propped open. But this morning, the teacher's lawyer telling the San Antonio Express News she had propped the door open to get food from her car. She saw the gunman crash his truck, ran back into the classroom to get her phone and dial 911, and then closed the door shut after realizing the gunman was heading towards the school. Her lawyer saying, quote, she thought the door would lock because the door is always supposed to be locked. Now, the Texas Department of Public Safety walking back their earlier comments and confirming the teacher's story. As law enforcement studies these images, appearing to show the gunman walking right into the building. Guy with a rifle. Video obtained by ABC News raising questions about law enforcement's response as investigators piece together each moment of that 77-minute rampage. At 11.33 a.m., the gunman entering through that door, making his way into two connected classrooms, immediately firing more than 100 rounds. One of those classrooms seen here in a photo the school posted on Facebook in April. By 11.35, officers entered the school through the same entrance and took fire, but did not breach the classroom or take the gunman down. Police were seen rescuing children after breaking a window. outside urging officers to go in and save the others. You know that there are kids, right? They're little kids. They don't know how to defend themselves. Sources telling ABC News the carnage only ended when Border Protection agents decided to use a custodian's key to breach the door and kill the gunman at 12.50 p.m. Outside the school, a race to find the wounded. What sounds like radio dispatch capturing one of the victims talking to police. Overnight, Uvalde School District Police Chief Pete Arredondo, who is facing criticism for making the decision to wait for more resources rather than confront the gunman, sworn in as a city council member after the ceremony was delayed by several hours. ABC News learning Arredondo has not yet responded to a request for a follow-up interview with Texas Rangers investigating the shooting response. 19 students and two teachers losing their lives in the massacre. 10-year-old Amory Joe Garza and 10-year-old Maite Rodriguez, the first to be laid to rest. She was going to be something. She was going to be something very, very special. And the Girl Scouts posthumously awarded 10-year-old Amory Joe with the, the bronze cross for oh. risking her life to save her friends and, and classmates that day, that day by calling 911 uh, before she was shot. It is one of the highest honors awarded by the Girl Scouts. And, Michael, there, there were so many brave children in the school building last week. Yeah. You know, it, it's just I want to come back to And again, folks, good afternoon. Right now at 113. Uh, it's Wednesday. It's June 1st. This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by Lawn Doctor. 
You know, I can't say enough good things about Lawn Doctor. We still have a long way to go here in the season, but your best lawn ever guaranteed, and they mean it. And get involved with their service program where they, they, they actually visit your home eight different times. So there's still plenty of time now, late spring, then you still have the summer. And then they come out and do grub prevention, then early fall, fall, late fall, spring lime, lawn doctor. And it's so simple. Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island, you just go online and you can cut you can call them. 401-392-1025. 401-392-1025. Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island is your lawn care company. They make great lawns happen. Or they have a really good effective website. Lawn Doctor. Lawn Doctor Word Lawn L A W N Doctor D O C tor.com lawndoctor.com you type in your zip, your zip code get a quick and easy quote from lawn doctor now right now it's 114 and folks good afternoon uh, you're listening to the john DePetro show on am 1380 and 99.9 fm as far as uh, our facebook presence we'll be doing a lot more um later Later in the day, I, I can't believe that McKee proposes signing mentoring bonuses for state nurses and CNAs. This is more. This is just more bribing. That's all it is there. He's trying to use our money to bribe state workers to vote for him. And, and it's wrong. And Governor McKee, at this point, he he clearly does not care, meaning he doesn't care that it's our taxpayer money. That it was not designed for that, that he should not be doing this. Nope, does not care in any way. Um, simply does not. He doesn't care. He'll do it as much as um. You know, as long anything that can try to get him closer to being a, winning the primary. See, it's all about the primary. Actually, it's not even about um, winning the general because they feel whoever wins the primary is going to win it. And, oh, let me see this. Uh, this is interesting. The ACLU filed a motion to challenge a former state trooper's lawsuit against the Rhode Island State Police. Those attorneys represent, oh, Black Lives Matter, direct dare in ACLU. He filed the lawsuit under John Doe. We'll talk about that tomorrow with them. Our legal expert, attorney Tim Dodd. But um, because Ashley Kalis at this point is just, you know, not blowing the doors off anybody. Um, Still early. Still early. I also want I'm just seeing some of the headlines. Wesley superintendent disputes claims students were unfairly turned away from the prom. All right. I want to hear that story. Um. Puritine said they were turned away, um, and then they say they never should have gotten tickets in the first place. How about the fact that this Westerly official was arraigned for, uh, he, this guy's in serious trouble, former chairman of the Westerly Democratic Town Council. Uh, oh, who's representing him? Are you kidding me? He's, I don't know. Oh, I, maybe that's not who I thought it was. Okay. All right, let me play the prom story first. Let me play the, here it is. Um, And you never know, something like this starts to, people say it's racism. 
and blah, blah, blah. So I, I want to, here we go. Let me hear this. Wesley school leaders are clearing up any confusion tonight after a pair of teens say they were turned away from prom right at the front door. Hello, once again, I'm Dan Janey. And I'm Emily Bowles. The school says the teens never should have gotten tickets in the first place. NBC 10's Gabrielle Caracciolo is live in Westerly with both sides tonight. Gabrielle? Well, the district says a small number of students were not allowed to go to prom because they were on social suspension. But two seniors here at Westerly High School tell me they don't believe that's why they were turned away. When we went there, it was just, uh, you guys can't be here. A night to remember for all the wrong reasons. And that's what Ireland Ash and Jada Perry say happened when they arrived at Westerly's senior prom this past Saturday. They did say, like, it's because of your absences and stuff like that. Prom is very important. I think every senior should be able to go to prom, no matter what the circumstances are. They say they weren't told until that night that they weren't allowed to attend. The dean should have mentioned from the start, your daughter cannot go to prom, seeing the fact that she's on social suspension. That conversation never happened. But the district superintendent says it did. He says all students on social suspension were informed well in advance of the event. He provided NBC10 an email sent to one of the girls back on May 13th yeah. saying she wouldn't be able to go to prom due to her attendance there record. Go. They're lying. Ireland and her mom say they didn't receive any communication indicating she wasn't allowed to go. They're lying. I never told that my child could not attend prom or any other activity that matter. I was never offered an opportunity um, to appeal any decisions of activities being well, Make sure your kid goes child. to school. There was no conversation. No, you're right. It was email. The district says that no discrimination took place and this solely wow. had to do with social suspension. The two seniors tell me that a teacher actually left the prom and helped them turn their night around by taking them out to dinner, while another teacher refunded them double what they paid for their tickets. Live in Western. All right, so one of the students is black and was trying to claim the reason she couldn't go to the prom is because she was black, and then it turned out that she was missing a lot of school. I want to play also this, this, uh, this is very serious, this guy in Westerly who had these, uh, a grand jury uh, investigating him. Grand jury, he was then indicted and he still went to an event where Governor McKee was there. Democratic Town Committee Listen to this. went before a judge today to face sexual assault charges. The incident that happened one year ago NBC 10's Christina Vitale is live at the courthouse with details. Oh, right. Last Memorial Day weekend. Hey, Barbara. Robert Rotaco pleaded not guilty to two counts of sexual assault charges. He posted bail at $20,000 with surety, and a no-contact order was placed for protection of the victim. Now, according to the indictment, the victim was physically helpless when she was allegedly raped in Westerly on May 29th of last year. State police conducted the investigation. The Westerly Democratic Committee asked Rotaco to resign. He did not, but has since been voted out and a new chairman was elected. Rotaco also held the title for treasurer of the Rhode Island Association of Democratic City wow. and town chairs. Big Democrat. That organization is separate from the Democratic Party. No, it's and last not. Last month, Rotaco said he would take a leave of absence from those duties. Rotaco was escorted out of the courthouse here by court officers and denied to comment on those allegations. He is due back in court on July 20th. We're live here in Wakefield. Christina Vitale, NBC 10 News. All right, that, that report is, is actually fine. I want to see if I recognize... No, I don't recognize his, uh, his attorney. Let me just see him leave on the court. Um, 
They actually have security? No, they just have some other lawyers walking the guy out. That's uh, really serious, though, and that was last Memorial Day weekend. Folks, I want to just remind people, this is not someone made an accusation. This went in front of a grand jury. And, you know, this is not, you know, hey, people claim, blah, blah. No, this is, he did obviously post bail, but this is, um, he... This went in front of a grand jury, and then then they brought down. Uh, it, it's really it's rape charges is what what they what are bringing against this individual. So this is really serious. But the guy still wouldn't step down. How about that? In, in light of everything, would not step down. That's hmm. All right, I want to play again. Good afternoon, folks, at 123. It's one. Um, I can't believe McKee proposes new round of sign-on mentoring bonuses for state employees. Let's give you more money to vote for me. As I said the other day, he is, um, I think he's the safe prom date. He's, you know, he's got his own car. He's got a part-time job at Stop and Shop. Family knows him. That's not who the girl necessarily wants to go to the prom with. But, you know, he's not a bad guy. He's not the most exciting guy. Again, he's he um, he's got a part-time job. He's got, you know, drives a station wagon. And he'll, you know, he gets you to the prom. That's what he does. Nothing exciting. And I'm just not convinced that voters are looking for the safety prom, uh, prom date, excuse me. So I also just want to see this, folks. Texas officials say the school police chief is not responding to whatever. How is this possible? Then he ought to be arrested. This is insanity. The first they postpone his swearing-in ceremony because he's supposed to be on the city council now. And then they, it, it turns out they secretly like swore him in. He has not responded to requests from Texas Rangers for a follow-up interview in their investigation of the delayed police response. Um, they, they say he has not responded to requests for two days. So now I'll say this. Here's, here's the situation that, as I see it. As soon as this starts to die down like after this week and all of the and I hate to say it but all the funerals after that I think the story starts to people just start to people start to move on people then that 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 is the problem like look look at how quickly Everybody has moved on from the shooting in Buffalo. And I think that's, it's true. And that I don't, I don't, they could have been, I don't remember really any coverage of those funerals. They may have been, and I just kind of missed them. But the news cycle now is lightning fast at how quickly everyone just moves on to the next story. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro show, now listen. It's going to be a hot summer. 
So Jay's Broadway Appliance and TV, you can get grills, appliances, and air conditioners. Air conditioners, whether it's built-in walls for senior apartments or condos or windows, pop in. I am requesting you stop in and see them. There they are. 47 Cedar Swamp Road, Route 5 in Smithfield. It's Jay's Appliance. Jay's Broadway Appliance. Stop in and see them. They have a great selection of everything. Remember, you deal directly with the owner. They're open Monday through Friday from 10 to 5. Saturday and Sunday by appointment. But they will match or beat any package deal. Jay's Broadway Appliance. Folks, good afternoon. It's Juan. It's the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. I want to play a little more sound of um, this, this gun to beat is um, in Rhode Island. It's, they're not addressing, this is one of the problems of having one party rule and they wanna just kinda do something so everybody, you know, cheers up and down. Um, it, it has nothing to do with actual laws that would provide any type of safety. Not that I see. So let me play the um, the sound on this. But Channel 12 had a package. So they, you know, they do the whole rah-rah thing. Dozens of advocates gather with these gun safety laws. That's what this sign read at the Here State House go. earlier today. And this is lawmakers continue their push to pass a set of so-called gun safety bills. From banning high-capacity magazines to raising the gun buying age to 21, the lawmakers behind these bills say they believe the laws could help prevent another tragedy. Dozens of Rhode Islanders were there in orange supporting the effort to end gun violence. Second Amendment supporters, though, say the tragedy in Texas should not be politicized. 12 News reporter Sheila Oshudu was there and is now at the State House with their message. Sheila. Well, it's a cycle. Some lawmakers say they don't want to be in anymore. Some push for these same gun bills every year, only to watch these mass shootings play out time and time again. What we know is that things need to change now. Governor Dan McKee says if lawmakers can get the set of gun bills to his desk, he'll sign them. It's time to close this loophole and keep the guns out of the hands of those under 21. While children as young as five years old stand outside the state house with him, their signs asking for no more school shootings and a ban on assault weapons. That's exactly what these lawmakers and state leaders are pushing to do one week after the mass shooting in Uvalde, Texas. If you are not still mad, you are not paying attention. The proposed bills include one that would ban high-capacity magazines. Another would make it a felony to store a firearm unlocked. Representatives and senators pushing to bring these bills out of committee and to a full vote. Year after year, we come back to support these same bills. We go to the same hearings. We have the same press conferences. And we haven't gotten a vote. House Speaker Shikarchi and Senate President Ruggiero put out a joint statement Tuesday reading, quote, We are committed to passing meaningful gun reform legislation this session. We have been working on this issue with the sponsors and committee chairs for several months. While Second Amendment supporters say it's not the time to politicize the tragedy, speaking against the bills. Brenda Jacob with the Rhode Island Revolver and Rifle Association sent us this statement reading in part, 
provide resources to school districts, teachers, and staff for mental health preparedness, fund police training, and school resource officers. All sides need to work together for a long-term solution. It is time to stop these tragedies before they happen. And Jacob tells us the Second Amendment supporters will be holding their own rally here at the State House on Thursday. Reporting live in Providence, I'm Sheena Lushudo, 12 News. Now, um, with, with this is problematic where I don't think they have good talking points. I don't think they have good talking points on how to um, address that. And I know that, listen, I like the, the crowd um, and they the, the gun advocates and they... I've covered some of their stuff and they, you know, they certainly work hard. I'm not saying that, but I'm not, I'm not convinced those are, are great talking points. This, you know, all the funding and every, I, I, I don't, you, you can't turn schools into prisons. I mean, listen, let's remember, there's a lot of kids that don't even like going to school. So uh, th- there's got to be some kind of an in-between here. I think there's got to be some kind of an in-between here. Um, I want you to hear this story as well. This story is embarrassing. What's about to... This story is going should doom the super, that stupid Superman thing. That scam. Um, I want to I play this, folks. Again, good afternoon at 131. Channel 12 did a good piece on this. Here we go. About this, this soccer stadium. Here we go. Uh, or building the professional soccer stadium in Pawtucket has soared by $41 million. The price is increasing nearly 50% since the project was proposed back in 2019. Pawtucket Mayor Don Grebian and developers say rising inflation and supply chain issues are to blame. The developers say they will invest another $25 million towards the project to help with the cost. They're looking to amend their financial deal with the state. Commerce officials are expected to meet in executive session today and tomorrow about the project. No votes are expected to happen. Right now on WPRI.com, Target 12 investigator Eli Sherman has more details on the stadium and how the deal is currently financed. You know, that is... We um, live in a beautiful state. No, no matter matter where well, you it used to be that way. Um, folks, this, I mean, this is ridiculous. The thing's already like way, way out of control. And I mean like way out of control. You know, I want to just play again. I mean, the guy is just a blanking hero for crying out loud. And that is that that sheriff in in uh, in Texas, in Florida. Excuse me. The the, the um, I want to find it. The the sheriff in Florida is just the guy is just amazing, and I like his approach. I think I have this. Yeah, here we go. Is that still again? Are they just doing the tic-tac thing? We are going to kill you because you can't kill evil enough. Here we go. This is the uh, sheriff. And- Get deadly physical force in one of our schools. We're not waiting one second. We are going to kill you because you can't kill evil enough. You know what that reminds me of is uh, when... That reminds me of when, when Don Rumsfeld was running the Department of Defense in the aftermath of September 11th. And they started talking about that American troops were landing in northern Afghanistan and were shooting and killing the Taliban. There were reporters that were taken aback at the Pentagon and said, you know, like, will, will you repeat that? Did you say that American troops are, did you say they're killing? Yes, they're killing them. 
They're shooting at us, and our troops are shooting and killing them. That's what we're doing. We're chasing members of the Taliban, and we're shooting and killing members of the Taliban. And, and the media establishment at the Pentagon, and then someone figured out that in, in eight years, <clears throat> in eight years, um, under the, the Clinton administration, they never used the word, they would never use the word kill. They would say that, you know, the threat was eliminated or something like that. They just never heard it before. So, all right, I want to play also. I, I, I just, I am, um, th- this situation in, in Texas is, is just, that's, something needs to be done. And, and this is also one of the problems, though, folks, because it affects everyone when you then have this type of, of, of breach of how, like, clearly they were not prepared for something like this. Uh, Peter Rondo, the head of the Yovaldi um, Consolidated Independent School District, a police appeared to push back an official statement that he that he's cut off communication with the Texas Department of Public Safety investigators. Well, the guy has been AWOL. I mean, the guy is just nowhere, as a matter of fact. So I, I don't know how else you would describe it. Um, I also have the uh, the video of the um, The, the the Karen who was yelling at me yesterday when I was outside the school. And I'm going to play in just a moment. But I can't believe this. Like, this is the guy that was leading it. But folks, this is, you know, part of the problem. Not every school district operates that way. Um, you know, those that have gone through the training, it certainly seems that they, they could have got in there much faster. Once they did get in, they, you know, really took out the gunmen seemingly pretty quickly. So once they got through, but the the whole business of, you know, that, that school was just so unprepared for something like that. They couldn't locate the janitor who has the master key. Like, you got to be kidding me. In a school, you need like a command center. Here are the video cameras. Here's the key. Here's no one can get in there, almost like a panic room. All right, I want to play. You want to talk about this is where things are going right now in the country under Biden. I want to play this. On the inflation story again for us. Hi, Tom. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. So some of this is clearly beyond any president's control, right? The supply the supply chain crisis, the war in Ukraine. But listen to the numbers here. Home prices up 20% in March. Eggs up 55% from a year ago. Milk up 16% from a year ago. Oranges up 14%. And you know what you're paying at your local gas station. Underscoring the threat that 40-year high inflation poses to the economy and his presidency, Mr. Biden calling a rare meeting with the chairman of the Federal Reserve while insisting he will not interfere with the Fed. Chair Powell and other leaders of the Fed have noted at this moment they have a laser focus on addressing inflation, just like I am. 
Jerome Powell, appointed by President Trump and renominated by President Biden, under fire for letting the inflation genie out of the bottle. Now trying to cool inflation by quickly raising interest rates. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen is now admitting she got it wrong last year when she predicted a low risk of inflation, calling it manageable. I think I was wrong then about um, the path that inflation um, would take. As I mentioned, there have been unanticipated and large shocks to the economy. Republicans blame President Biden. The historic high inflation Democrats helped unleash with runaway spending last spring is taking its toll on America's hope. That's right the future. But it's not just an American problem. Inflation in Europe is also running at 8%, driven higher by the war in Ukraine and the global supply chain crisis. The good news, Chinese manufacturing is starting to emerge from another COVID lockdown, hopefully jump-starting the supply chain. Is there any hope inflation gets under control this year? There may be some initial signs, but it's too early to say whether inflation really has, so to speak, peaked. Yeah, importantly here, there are some signs. Lumber prices are coming down. Target, by the way, also cutting prices because it overstocked. And listen to this. Consumer spending still high. Unemployment still low. But this is not just a U.S. problem. Central banks around the world are raising interest rates because of this inflation problem. Guys, back to you. That's a tricky one, Tom. Thank you very much. Well, it's not going to be solved anytime soon. And I'll tell you, the person in the White House is incapable of solving the problem. I want to repeat, the person inside the White House is incapable of solving the problem. Folks, right now it's 1.39. It's Wednesday. It's June 1st. It's John Boyle's birthday. You're listening to The John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of the program, it's the queen of health. It's our friend Marie at It's My Health because it's your health. Pop in and see her. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Now, right now, maybe you're on Menden Road. I want you to stop in and see Marie at It's My Health. First of all, it's the historic white church. It's diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. And inside, you're going to find a store that is filled with vitamins, herbal remedies, hemp and CBD products, Local products, acai, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum, over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices. It's my health because it's your health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Pop in Marie is so helpful. Now, right now, it's 140. Who will be my first person? If you're on Menden Road, who will be my first? If you pop in there in the, between now and 2 o'clock... And then send me a photo of you with Marie. I'll get you one of our uh, John DePietro Show mugs. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. It's my health. Pop in, take a self, selfie with the queen of health, Marie. And it's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. I would like you to hear, this is uh, the situation that's going on in Texas. Not only more funerals, but that police chief Today, is just AWOL. Horrific school shooting in Terrible. Uvalde, Texas. This is where learning that a key figure involved in that police response that day may not be cooperating with oh, the investigation. And this is Morgan Chesky is in Uvalde with the latest. Hey, Morgan, good morning. 
Hey, Hoda, good morning. And just an absolutely stunning admission from investigators in that they have not been able to reach the school's police chief in days now. And this comes as we're learning that new critical information about the shooting appears to be shifting yet again. All of this happening as this tight-knit town tries its best to mourn those 21 lives lost. New video obtained by NBC News shows the moments the attack unfolded. From a group of armed officers rushing into the school to terrified children running out. It comes as Uvalde school police chief may no longer be cooperating with investigators. Texas DPS says Chief Pete Arredondo gave an initial statement after the deadly elementary school shooting. But three days ago, he was asked for a follow-up interview by Texas Rangers. And as of this morning, DPS says Arredondo has not responded. Authorities say the Uvalde wow. native was the incident commander at Robb Elementary, who chose to have officers wait and not engage the gunman. And for the benefit of hindsight, where I'm sitting now, that of course it was not the right decision. It was a wrong decision, period. Peter Arredondo was elected to the Uvalde City Council before the shooting, and overnight, he was sworn into that position without a ceremony, the mayor said. Out of respect for families who are bearing their children. But facts surrounding the shooting shifting yet again. Authorities initially said a teacher left the door to the school propped open. Texas DPS now saying the teacher actually closed the door after realizing there was a shooter on campus. What? But the door didn't lock. I don't believe that. Uvalde now facing 21 funerals over the next two weeks. I don't believe that. The first, 10-year-old comedy Joe Garza, who called 911 during the attack. Her heartbroken father sharing his unimaginable loss with Savannah. I just want to honor her name. I just, I just want her to be remembered as, as the type of person that oh. she was. The Girl oh. Scouts posthumously awarding her the Bronze Cross for her bravery, writing, Amari did all she could to save the lives of her classmates and teachers. Terrible. On Tuesday, Texas Governor Greg Abbott declaring a state of disaster in Uvalde to speed up state and local resources to help the community. The town now filled with growing memorials. Some visitors driving hours to stop and pay their respects. Just felt it was important to, you know, show people about it that we're here for them. You know, I'm thinking about the parents, how painful it is. If it was my grandchild, I would Terrible. be devastated. Terrible. And Uvalde's mayor telling us that every newly elected city council member was elected without ceremony last night, not just Arredondo, out of respect for the families bearing their loved ones. In the meantime, we are learning more about some of the victims in this shooting. Three remain in San Antonio hospitals, a 66-year-old woman in good condition along with a 9-year-old girl, but there is still a 10-year-old girl today that remains in serious condition. Hoda. All right, Morgan Chesky, of course, there in Uvalde. Oh, my goodness. You know, then the realization starts to come in that it's happened, it's real. And here's the thing, folks, right now at 144, 144 on this Wednesday, it's June 1st, is after this week, people move on, right? There could be someone listening to me right now. You went to a funeral this morning. You were late into the office or work. Stop off. Maybe last night you wanted to wake. People start to move on. And the TV cameras start to pack up and move on to the next story. They already left Buffalo. Then the That's when then the families, the towns really have to deal with it. Um, you can't take the politics out of it. And there's politics on both sides. 
I want to repeat, and again, you're listening to the John DePietro show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. I, I don't I don't see how any of the laws that they're about to pass in, in Rhode Island, possibly now, I don't I don't see it affects anything. Uh, now, other states maybe could change things. Texas, I mean definitely I, I don't how do you not have background checks? But I, I want to go back to the Buffalo shooter, the Texas shooter, he, they legally bought those weapons. Those weapons, they should not be able to buy those weapons, those individuals. If those two individuals were able to legally purchase those weapons, there's something wrong with the system. Someone could, well, they could have bought it illegally, but they didn't buy it illegally. I had someone, they, that guy could have showed up with two canisters of gas and set the, the school on fire. But he didn't do that. He didn't do that. It, it, it's, and it is the weapon. And, and the bullets and how fast it shoots and the damage that it does. I don't think it should be banned. But I know who shouldn't have access to it. And as much as people talk about evil, then you need... A screening to weed out the evil. And I, I don't know exactly what that is. But both of those individuals, would they have committed it at age 21? I, I, I don't think so. I don't know if they would have around at age 21. Not everyone should be able to get that weapon. Not everyone should be able to get a weapon. No. If, if someone has um, some kind of... Ooh, Hold on. I'm seeing that I think a verdict is reached in the Johnny Depp case. Hold on, everybody. This is interesting. A verdict has been reached. Let me go to this. 147. Here we go. Cameras there in the courtroom. And for something like this in Virginia, is somewhat quite rare. Uh, oh, they're waiting, though. Uh, oh, no, that was Friday. And we also saw the okay, so we're waiting right now. I thought that was live. I apologize. It is not live. A verdict has been reached in the Johnny Depp case. Um, let's see. Nothing has. I don't think anything has of yet. Let's see. A jury has reached its verdict. Uh, Heard said she was defamed when Depp's lawyer called her abuse allegations a hoax. Um. Okay, so the, I, I don't think we're going to be on. I think with the, I don't think we're going to. They're going to. We're going to hear from the jury between now and two o'clock. I don't think so. Which reminds me, right now at one forty-eight, of Brother's Disposal. Folks, call Brother's Disposal today. Come on, brother, call Brother's Disposal four zero one six eight eight zero five one seven. Brother's Disposal four zero one six eight eight zero five one seven. Now, what they will do is deliver a dumpster to your driveway. Brother's Disposal, 401-688-0517. It's Brother Roland. So maybe you're doing some spring cleaning. Maybe you're moving out of a house. Maybe you're going to clean out some of your office or your business. Call, come on, brother. Call Brother's Disposal, 401-688-0517. And they offer weekly trash collection services. But what's so great, you know, I told someone a while ago they were going to move, and I said, well, you're not going to move all the un-
marijuana belongings and things you've accumulated, have you, with you? And they said, you know, that's a good idea. So they, they ended up filling two dumpsters. Two dumpsters. I have a friend of mine that said there was nothing better when they're home. They, they, this couple that I know, they contacted their children and said, let's, we're going to pick a weekend, come to the house, pick out anything you want. Because otherwise, we're cleaning out. We're not moving, but we're cleaning out. Aunt Emma's old tea set that was never taken out of the box. Old rusted tricycles. Old rusted sleds. Um, all kinds of unwanted belongings. And they put the dumpster right in the driveway. Now, this couple told me some of their children went through the house. They took some things they wanted. They took some things they wanted to pass on to their children. And at the end of it, the family said, the couple told me, oh, my God, they filled like two dumpsters, two dumpsters of of just, I don't want to say junk, because at one time, you know, it was a nice, but now it's an old rusted sled just sitting in the garage, never to be used again, or an old rusted tricycle, or apparently the... um, the wife had inherited things from family members, and it was like again, like just old china and tea sets and some old, you know, some of the clothes they gave to Goodwill. But then there was stuff like that no one's old broken things that they're never gonna fix, and old broken beach chairs, and like rusted, and just they threw it out and had a much more room in their basement in the attic, in their home. Folks, and it's all thanks to Brothers Disposal, roll-off dumpsters. Now, if you call them at 401-680-0517, Roland will tell you what size you need. Brothers Disposal. And remember, offering weekly trash collection services. Come on, brother. Call Brothers Disposal today. 401-688-0517. Well, folks, good afternoon. Right now, it's 151 and you're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of our program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Also, don't forget to pop in and see our friends at Kay's Restaurant, located obviously right there in Cumberland across from CBS. But the Lodge Pub and Eatery, enjoy a unique rustic setting. Plus, they have the big deck there, full bar, large dining area. Pop in and see them at the Lodge Pub and Eatery, and they're going to be rocking with the NBA Finals with the Celtics. So, um, well, I, I know, oh, okay, the verdict in the Depp Heard trial to be read at 3 o'clock. Okay, so there's that. Uh, but close to the home, locally, I, I don't, I just, uh, the, these gun bills that they're talking about at the Rhode Island State House, I, as I said, it, it, it just starts to become such an effort of like, you know, let, who cares what the truth is? Like, who cares? Will this really do anything? Um, too much of a focus, focal point on that, I should say. Way too much of a focal point on, and, and in Rhode Island, where of course it's, it's even worse, that what, what I, my reaction on some of these uh, gun bills, gun legislation, excuse me, that they want to put forward. To me, it also shows that if they wanted to, the Rhode Island leaders, 
they could get in a room and say, we're going to stiffen drunk driving laws. We're going to improve the voting, you know, close the voting loopholes. It's, um, it's selective what they're willing to work on and what they're willing to pass. And I'll also, folks, I, I believe at 153, good afternoon, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. Children are under attack. You know, this whole thing with the, the school safety and children are absolutely under attack in our, in our state from, from COVID, um, the, the way they were treated with COVID and all the masks. It's, um, I, I, I just, now, now they want to turn schools into like prisons and armed guards and all you're going to do is you're just going to encourage more children, more parents to either homeschool or maybe this is what it's going to take regarding more people to say, you know, I want school choice. All right, I want to hear this is a Pressure's ramping up on President Biden find common ground on gun reform. Let me play this package. Well, they have ignited a renewed debate over guns in America. That conversation expected to intensify in Washington today. NBC Chief White House correspondent Kristen Welker joins us with that part of the story. Kristen, good morning. Hi, Savannah. Good morning to you. Pressure is ramping up on President Biden and Congress to find some common ground on gun reform in the wake of the Texas school shooting. The president vowing to meet with lawmakers as a bipartisan group of senators meets virtually today and a House committee is aiming to act as well. Momentum seems to be building, but the key question, will it be enough to prevent more mass shootings? With the country still reeling from the unthinkable mass shooting at Robb Elementary School in Texas, pressure is mounting on Washington to do something. President Biden meeting with the Prime Minister of New Zealand, a country that passed tough new gun restrictions in 2019, including a ban on assault weapons after a mass shooting at a mosque there claimed 51 lives. Much of it is preventable. Mr. Biden promising off camera he would meet with Congress on guns. On Capitol Hill, the Democratic-led House Judiciary Committee is eyeing a vote as early as Thursday on a slate of new measures that would include raising the age to purchase a semi-automatic rifle from 18 to 21. While the bill has almost no chance of passing in the Senate, Democrats are attempting to turn up the heat on the holdouts. Hopefully, in the court of public opinion, we'll be able to put enough pressure on a handful of Republican senators Uh, to finally come to some common ground. Today, a bipartisan group of senators will hold urgent virtual talks. They're discussing expanded background checks and so-called red flag laws that would allow law enforcement to keep guns out of the hands of anyone deemed a threat to themselves or someone else. Overnight, some top Democrats and Republicans expressing measured optimism. This time really does feel different. We'll get back at it next week and hope to have results. But there is also deep skepticism that change will come. Since 2004, when a federal ban on assault weapons expired, Congress has repeatedly tried and failed to pass new gun measures. All as one study by Northwestern Medicine found that 10-year assault weapons ban likely prevented as many as 11 mass shootings. 
Kristen, these votes often go down to party lines. Is there any bipartisan support for some of the actions being talked about? Well, Savannah, it seems to be growing. Lawmakers say this moment does feel different because more Republicans are starting to voice support for some of the ideas that have been put on the table, including raising the minimum age, for example, to purchase a semi-automatic rifle. Republican Congressman Adam Kinzinger called it a no-brainer. Conservative Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson signaled he's open to a conversation on raising the age to purchase a semi-automatic rifle, so some pressure from the states. And some in conservative media, including the New York Post and the National review have also been pushing for stricter standards for gun purchases so we are watching this you know i i think um i don't know where that's going to come down folks it's so tough to tell good afternoon it's 158 you're listening to the john DePietro show on am 1380 and 99.9 fm remember you can always listen online at our website which is depetro.com this uh I know not everyone follows the Johnny Depp case, but for a lot of people, the it's been an interesting um, trial. I, I um, I'm very anxious to see how parents this election right now for governor and everything. Parents need a voice. The you're you're not going to get that voice within the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party is controlled by the teachers union. They they just are, and anyone that. That doesn't. Oh, okay. Now we also have other news here. Breaking: Lewis Coleman of Providence has been found guilty in the 2019 murder of Jazzy Korea. So that case has come to its conclusion, which is um, that's such a sad case with that girl that was just out celebrating her birthday. Uh, you know, we covered that with Tim Dodd. Said, you know, he's going to try to make a defense, but it just it doesn't look good. Um, he rejected the. There was no deal offered. There was no deal, and and now he was found guilty. It's one fifty nine. Coming up, you are going to hear the two o'clock news, and then it'll be the John Dion program. We're back on the radio toward eleven, and then on top of that, um, I will be doing Facebook Live later. Find my page, folks. Re- visit to petro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com, and there's some great items there, and learn more about the show and so forth. WNRI, Winsocket. W-N-R-I.